Welcome to My Mum Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who have carved out a great career in the sector, as well as talk to employers who champion diversity and gender equality. In today's session, we're talking about exploring your potential and what it's like to work as a business analyst. I'm going to be leading on this session today and sharing my experience of working as a business analyst and giving you a bit of an introduction into what the role entails and what you might be doing if you wanted to pursue this type of role as a career. So let's first talk about the value of business analysis. What is it? What is their role within an organisation? So the first thing we're going to look at out of four key principles is first the need. Now, whenever you look at do we need technology, do we want to invest in technology? We talk about the need of the system because you don't want to invest a lot of time, a lot of money and resources into a technology solution that is not going to meet the needs of the organisation and the teams that use the system. So the, the role of the business analyst is quite often to identify what the need is, to identify the pain points, to help elicit the return on investment that they might get, and to really start to put together a business case. And we'll talk a little bit more about the business case as we go through the podcast show today. So the first is the need. The second role of a business analyst is engagement It's really about engaging, communicating and developing a whole range of relationships with different stakeholders from senior management, who you have to present the business case to, all the way down to frontline users and team managers, because you need to get them involved in the design process and generate their buy-in into the solution. You need to make sure they carve out time to participate in interviews, in workshops, allow you to shadow them in their workplace, potentially. There's lots of different ways that you can start to elicit their requirements, understand how they work, understand what works well right now, understand where their pain points are. And your role as a business analyst is really to document all of that and start to get a feel around where there can be real benefits and solutions for using technology. So you have to be really good with people and really allow that opportunity where you will engage with them, as I say, on a really positive level. And what you'll find is that on this journey of appraising whether new technology is needed and what that might look like, you might come across people who are quite anxious, who may be angry, who are enthusiastic and excited. Like You're going to hit a whole range of emotions. And as a business analyst, you have to weather that. You have to engage with them and get the right level of enthusiasm from them and help them overcome obstacles, barriers and things that perhaps are in their space for them right now, because maybe, as I say, they're nervous or worried about this new technology solution affecting them in whatever way that might be. So engagement with people is really important and knowing how to engage and get their buy in is essential. The third, which can be quite the fun stage, if you like this as a business analyst, is the design is about helping people think through what the options might be, what the possibilities are. Because quite often, if you just ask somebody like, well, what technology would meet your needs? They'd be like, I don't know. I don't know what's possible. They're so busy doing their J job, they have no idea. So your role as a business analyst is to know what technology is possible and to educate them on that and to say to them, okay, 
I can see what you're doing now. I see some of the pain points here. Here are some of the options or scenarios we could put in place. Which ones do you think feel right for you? So it's really great as a business analyst that you have the scope and capacity to understand what technology can do, to look at different solutions, look at ideas, get excited about all these amazing new products that you see every day. And you don't necessarily need to be a technical master on them, i.e. you don't necessarily know how to implement them. But knowing what is possible is really important because as a business analyst, you need to help them understand what is possible open their eyes to the the new opportunities and the new ways of working. And that's when you start to engage people because they see there's a light at the end of the tunnel. They see there's a vision of what things could be and how it could help them in their job roles. And so, as I say, it's not necessarily about being technical as a business analyst. I don't need to know how to do something and implement it manually. But knowing what is possible is a really key thing. And then the final stage is adoption. The value of a business analyst is about helping people adopt a system. Now, it's not necessarily your role as a business analyst to do the final training of a solution, but what you will be doing in all of those different elements that we talked about earlier, the need, the engagement and design, is about bringing people on a journey during that process. It's really important that a business analyst has engaged and really got the buy-in of people, as I've mentioned and that they are excited, they see the reality that this will meet their needs at the end. And so by the time it gets to the system being built and the training has happened and the user testing has happened, they are fully on board with it and there's high adoption. So the business analyst has responsibility for supporting adoption throughout the design process. But what you'll probably not be doing is building the solution and potentially training people in it. You leave that to the the guys that focus on the follow up of the solution. So let's talk through some of the key principles of business analyst. What does this look like in more detail? What would you be doing practically if you like? So there's four key areas here as well. The first, which I've mentioned briefly before, is the business case. And so it's preparing a business case for senior management and speaking to senior management to understand how does this product or technology solution align with their business strategy for the next three years? What products and solutions, how is it going to add value to where the organization needs to go? And if you were to implement technology, what would be the measures of success? What would that look like? You know, what would be the tangible evidence that would say, Yes, it was worth investing in this technology because it has helped us achieve X, Y, Z, which might be an increase in revenue. It might be meeting a certain compliance that they needed to meet. It might be winning work over competitors. You know, there's lots of different reasons why people might need to invest in a solution to help them. And your role as a business analyst is to really carve that out and really elicit that from them by talking to them and helping them think through. And there's lots of different exercises you can do that helps people think around, well, what does success look like? And ultimately, a senior management team are interested in return investment. And with return investment, it's showing that, okay, if you've invested £100,000 in a new technology solution and the time and money spent on the team doing that piece of work, what is going to be the financial return in terms of cost savings, in terms of money generated year after year ongoing? And then the final piece of this is risk mitigation. So what are the risks? As a business analyst, it's also important to 
not be that rosy tinted glasses because I think when we can be excited about Salesforce and be like oh it's amazing it'll help you achieve x y z it'll be brilliant and you know we can sit on the positive side of the seesaw if you like but what is important is to empathize with people's risks concerns look at things logically and help to mitigate those so you still get the the opportunity to kind of go I I understand that risk absolutely but how could we mitigate that what is the risk here and and how do we potentially as I say overcome that so risk mitigation is another key role of a business analyst so that is really the start of the journey because you want to look at the business case and feel that it is realistic to pursue this particular solution for a department or an organization and that there will be the buy-in there will be the business value attained and there won't be you know a negative risk to some degree that you feel that it's assured to achieve it so that's the first role of a business analyst just to really help the team and the organization the senior management team understand buy-in to create a solid business case The second is around a process review. And so this is where you can get really creative and get your pens and papers out, your flip charts, post-it notes, or in, you know, use Visio or Gliffy as online process management tools. And what you want to do at this stage is go through the process that people do as part of their job as day to day. Now, depending on which camp you sit in, this can be quite a painful process because it really, really has to be really granular on everything. On the other side, people absolutely love it because they feel like this is so therapeutic. It's helping them understand every little bit of the process they do and they can fine tune it and make it better, make it automate things. And so it can, you know, it takes a lot of brain power. If they don't work in this way already, they might be developing processes that they never had before. But what you're doing is sitting down with people and helping them map out their current way of working And then overlaying that with the new possibilities of how they could work that will improve their own job role, improve performance for their team and their organization. And that's where you will bring in scenarios and options of different technology solutions they may introduce to help them overcome certain challenges they've got right now and help them, as I say, reduce the amount of labor time admin time costs that they might have and that is really rewarding when you can see that tangibly that you've actually helped save cost and help improve income hopefully through the return investment so the process review is really as I say eliciting different ways and you might do that in workshops you might do it through questionnaires you might do it through shadowing the different options but it's fundamentally really getting into detail about how they work Now, once you've gone through that process, we move on to the third key principle of business analyst, which is requirements engineering. And this is where you document everything that you've identified in the process review. So you might have functional requirements, which is about being able to send emails to people who've just donated to an organization. But then you might document the technical requirements of that, which is where you will send an email template out. And that will be the technical requirement in order for you to fulfill the functional requirement of sending an email to a donor. And so you have to document everything out that has been requested in the process review. The functional requirements are like the business needs. The technical requirements are the technical solutions that are required to meet that business need. And now if you want 
the um, as a business analyst, as I say, you might not have all the technical know-how, but you generally know what's available. So quite often you'd work with a technical team on fulfilling the technical requirements. You don't need to know all of those things yourself, but you can communicate to the technical team that the client needs to achieve this X, Y, Z functional requirement. How would you think that is best achieved from a technical point of view? And then there's also things like non-functional requirements, i.e. how many users they have, what different security settings they might need setting up, you know, what language do they need the system in, what currencies do they need. All those non-functional requirements are also documented. So the requirements engineering is the third stage. And then we move through to agile prioritization, which is where you prioritize all of those requirements that you've just written. Now, this would be discussed as you work through the design workshops and the processes you'll be discussing with them, like what are the different priorities here? And with agile prioritization, we use this model because it aligns nicely with agile project management. But this is where you will use Moscow prioritization, where M stands for it's a must have requirement, i.e. the organization or the solution will falter if we don't, a project will falter if we do not do this. And so it is a must have and is non-negotiable. Then you've got the should have requirements, which is where there's a workaround. Like, you know, if we don't have this, it's not the end of the world. There is a workaround solution. Then there is a could have, i.e. will have it if there's budget available left. And then there's a W, which is won't have, which means that we've identified it on our wish list. Sounds amazing. But we'll leave that off this time in this particular budget and sprint. So they're the four key areas that you'd be doing in business analysis. And just to, uh, I suppose, reflect on kind of the key attributes you might want as a business analyst is that ability to upward communicate and upward manage to some degree, because you will need to get buy-in from senior management. They will need to align with a business case. They will need to communicate that business case down to the rest of the team. So they engage in your design workshops wholeheartedly and understand why this process is important and it's also important that as a business analyst you can help people prioritize requirements quite often there can be a little bit of a bump fight around agile prioritization because people want different things you know it's competing priorities and your role is to facilitate those and you can have people in those workshops that can be quite antagonistic and quite negative you know and as a facilitator you have to understand how do you overcome that? How do you manage a group of people, particularly senior management people maybe as well, and get them all onto the same page and help them? And this is where having the right tools and techniques on hand is really important. And when I started out as a business analyst, you know, I hadn't learned, I didn't really know there was a professional discipline, if you like, when I started out as a Salesforce admin and consultant. And I learned, okay, actually, this is a professional discipline and I need to understand this, which is why I took up a course in business analysis. And that gave me all the ingredients that I needed to help me understand how to communicate things to people, how to structure a workshop, how to structure conversations with techniques and tools that help reduce that chance of conflict but also where there was a conflict it helped me introduce you know say okay well I'll use this tool now because obviously we need to try and get people on the same page there's people that we need to empathize with because they're obviously more upset or disheartened about this potential solution so let's try this exercise and see if that helps get people on the same page 
So that's why now at Supermums, we deliver our consultancy skills course with a business analysis module, because we really wanted to upskill our trainees with these right skill sets. We didn't want to send them into a a lion's den without the tools and tricks to know how to facilitate these conversations and to feel like it impacts your confidence when you're in these workshops and you're like oh my god like what do I do you know we're so used to probably people being excited about technology and what it can achieve that sometimes when you don't have everybody on the same page it can be difficult so it really really is important to get professional training in business analysis and the business analysis training that I did included very specific courses. It was four distinct courses actually around business, around the business case, around process modeling, around requirements engineering. And then I did a course in agile project management. And so it was a significant course with a lot, a lot of detail in there. And I appreciate not everybody has that budget, but there are other options out there, which would be probably cheaper than the one I did. But that's part, again, why we set up a consultancy skills course, which included all of this in there, because we know you know, it's hard when you're starting out to not have the budget, but we equally wanted to make sure that people had the skills and the knowledge in order to feel confident to get that role and step into it. And what's really interesting is that if you have business analysis skills, you can command a salary that is 10K more than an admin, for example. So we really encourage it for people who are newly trained in Salesforce and are maybe thinking about do Salesforce admin it's like, well, okay, well, if you spend another grand training up as a business analyst, then you can command a salary that's is 10 grand higher than what you would have got anyways if they admin. So it's a bit of a no-brainer, really. Like, it really does stand you apart. It does give you amazing skill sets, particularly if you're ever thinking about working as a solo admin. It gives you that all the skills you need to document requirements properly, gather requirements, map out solutions, and it really is the ultimate way that you manage a Salesforce project. And the reason I emphasize the importance so much that having worked as a Salesforce consultant now for 10 years, I've walked into new clients where they've had a car crash, where they've had a system set up and it hasn't worked. And the only reason it hasn't worked pretty much is because there has been no formal proper business analysis done. There's been no process mapping, no documentation, no business case. And we're talking about massive projects sometimes that have been, you know, two million pound implementation projects, two small projects, right? So it's not the case that larger projects will always have this. It's not. People will think, oh, we can do this ourselves and we'll employ people without formal business analysis training. So all I'd say to yourselves, if you're thinking about this role and where you want to go, is that invest in it for yourself and also knowing that you are delivering the best service to anybody you go and work for wholeheartedly. It's not to say that you will do a bad job. Obviously, we wouldn't want you to think that and we wouldn't want you to do it. But there is a professional approach to designing and implementing technology projects. And business analysis is a core part of this. So whether it's you or another member in your team, there should be somebody who is a professionally trained business analyst helping design and design the solution that is gonna meet the business needs and really sort of taking on board all those four areas that I've talked about, because that gives you the best ingredients of success on a technology project. 
And I think what I really enjoyed about it on my evolution, you know, I started out doing the admin on projects and getting my hands dirty with the um, system and building it, which was great. And I love that because it suited me. I was at home with my baby and, you know, I didn't have to be out on site all the time. I could be out on site two days a month, do the business analysis, and then I'd come home and I'd build it and I'd be able to build from home and earn the money on a contract rate. And so that fitted really well with me as a mum. But as I grew my team and I suppose I grew my interests, I found that actually, you know, I could start to, I'd sort of done all the admin build and I'd enjoyed it, but I was really enjoying the the solutionizing, if you like. I really love going in to a client, doing the workshops with them and coming up with all the great ideas. And then I got to a point where I was like, well, I can give the rest, you know, start building a team and get another rest of the team to build it. Because you kind of have to decide which direction you want to go in. It's not that I don't enjoy, I have to learn and keep learning about different solutions we could deploy because I need to know that as a business analyst. But, you know, I found actually I liked doing more of the business analyst work and supporting my team on business analyst work rather than doing the build and technical bit. So I still have that love for build. I still obviously have a Salesforce system for my own company that I can play around with and do things with. But at some point, you start to digress into which areas that you might want to go. Now, I'm sure one of the questions would be, would you expect to basically have to work as a Salesforce admin before you become a business analyst? Or if you're working in a similar technical product, the same. Do you have to get your hands dirty to be tech in order to be a BA? Absolutely not. But what I would recommend is that you get your admin qualification and you get your Salesforce qualifications, different Salesforce like consultancy certifications, because you have to understand the products in order to really be a great business analyst. Again, reflecting back on some situations I've been in, when I've walked into clients, they've had independent business analysts who don't know Salesforce as a product, and they've written all these great requirements, but they're not really attuned enough to Salesforce to really understand what the technical solution would be. So we end up redoing basically all that business analyst work for that client, which feels quite a waste of money and a bit painful, really. So I think it's always great to, you know, for an organization, I'd say, look, choose your products first, then spend money on the business analyst work, because then you're not redoing it. Whenever you're going to implement a product, you have to do your due diligence and you have to do your BA work to really get to grips with what the client is able to achieve and what solution is best placed. So you won't know the granular detail of technical requirements up front, but a client could probably look at the different products and prices and say, actually, yeah, we're going to go with Salesforce versus other products if they're looking at CRM or they might look at marketing products or whatever it is that they're doing. So the BA work is fundamental. And as I say, if you're kind of going to be working in the Salesforce arena, get your admin cert, get your app builder, get your consultancy certifications. They're the most important, I would say, and really get your head around those products. Now, if you want to really advance to what is a glorified BA, um, I say that in the best possible way, but a BA can progress to an architect because if you have that technical competence and knowledge and you have that thirst to keep learning technical stuff, then you could keep working through the technical products, even though you're not getting your hands dirty every day, knowing what's possible is really important. But an architect is technically a technical BA. They understand what requirements are, they gather the areas and they advise on the technical solutions 
rather than necessarily build them. So as a BA, you can continue your progression to be an architect. But the only caveat I'd put in there is that you would still invest in understanding the technical knowledge and also invest in learning development code, for example, not that you might go and do it, but that enough that you have enough knowledge to know what is possible and how to do it. So you really have to have that thirst for technical learning alongside it. But you quite rightly might decide, well, I don't want to go and be a developer full time everyday coding. But having that knowledge empowers you to go and be an architect. And that is a progression route you can take where salaries can be 100K plus and you can really start to work up that ladder. So don't be scared of where you can start and where you can progress to. You can start out as a BA straight away as a Salesforce admin. If you've got those qualifications under your belt, you've got the BA qualification in your belt, you you can start to walk into those types of roles. Now, what is useful is if you reflect back and you have similar experience, obviously, because if you can translate any experience you've had in previous roles that show that you've done business analysis before, it might not have been called that. But it's something that you've done a lot of the techniques like facilitating workshops, looking at requirements, redesigning processes, doing continual improvements in your organization, your team. You know, that is business analysis, but you might just not have called it that. And obviously, if you can gather all of those great skills as a communication skills, people management skills, overcoming obstacles, you know, developing a business case. All of those things you might have done previously in roles. So let's start to repackage those up and sell those things in your CVs going forward. And that will help you land a job role quicker. So you can say that you've done business analysis work in previous roles. If you look at back at the similar things you might have done and I say repackage them to sell them going forward in a different way to your new career that you're pursuing So I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on today. Please do a review, subscribe to the podcast channel on iTunes. If you'd love to know more about our courses, then visit supermums.org. You can also join our Supermums Facebook group where you can ask questions to me and we deliver new content every week. So we'd love to hear from you. Take care and I'll speak to you soon on the next show. Bye. Mums on Cloud 9 is kindly sponsored by RB in partnership with Emfa.